welcome back to Know Yourself to Grow Yourself. I'm your host, Christina Morales. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode on confidence. I really, truly believe it's such a huge part of real, true healing. If there's, for some reason, you're not confident, there's a reason behind it. And you you have to be willing to figure out what that is and heal from it. It's, it's bottom line, that's, that is the key to getting to a confident place. And when you can get there, it is the most peaceful place to be. To live your life being exactly who you are, as authentic as can be, willing to try new things, facing those fears, celebrating your wins, surrounding yourself with positive people. And I just want to help other people achieve that level of confidence because I know when they do that, they're one, going to hop on a healing journey to get there, and two, they're going to unlock the door to so many incredible things. But let's get into this week. I'm so excited about this week's episode. It's a funny because I know I shared last week about one of the girls on my team named Natalie and her growth that I've seen. Well, I have another one of my team members that I kind of want to touch on in the beginning of this episode. The girls on my leadership team who I get to interact with on a more regular basis, I obviously care about everybody on my team, but I have so much interactions with my leadership team. I know each one of them so well, and I care so deeply about each one of them. When I get to see them overcome something or have this aha moment, it just makes my heart so full. And now I have this show and these girls are like inspiring topics for me to talk about. It's just a very cool thing. And I feel so blessed to have such an incredible group of women in my life. And, you know, talk about what we touched on. Sorry, I will stop going back to confidence, (laughs) maybe. But what I touched on around surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up and not try and break you down, not try and want to one-up you, but want to celebrate each and every person's individual wins. That is just a beautiful thing. So anyway, I'm going to dive into last week. Obviously, I know I shared on last week's episode, I was at a conference the week before, and I came home on Saturday and I started to feel sick. Well, Monday I ended up testing positive for COVID. So I had already been away from work for the week that I was at that conference. I then get back and I, I'm feeling sick all weekend and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this. This is annoying. So I did a telehealth call. She tells me to take a COVID test, take it, and I'm positive. And I'm like... Are you fucking kidding me? I I don't have time for this. And I immediately start to stress because I knew I was already away from everything with work for a week. Being away from just piece of the puzzle is one thing, but being away from Bumblebee Academy, which is my school, it's a new business. There's a, I started a brand new program. I just don't like being away. 
And I will start to, and this is a me thing. This is not my team by any means. Let me be clear on that. They are phenomenal. And this is one of those things that I needed to identify that this was a me thing. But I started to get guilt last week because I was sick and I couldn't go to work. And my director of Bumblebee Academy, Nakaya, was having things thrown at her left and right. And she's not only my director, she's also a teacher, so she has this dual role. And she just had one thing after the other thrown her way. And I'm at home knowing there's nothing I can do to help. It, it's not like I can, you know, toughen up and go into work. No, I am not going to go spread COVID to everybody in the school. So I literally had to stay home. And like I said, I started to feel feelings of guilt. And then then I started to find myself in a downward spiral. I was literally kind of getting like in a, a little bit of a depressed state because of it. Because I was feeling so down on myself that I was feeling helpless and everything. And again, this is all me. This is not my team. They don't make me feel that way. They're amazing. But this is what happens to me when my mind goes in that negative place, which let's bring it back to that act matrix I talked about in the first episode. I was living in that bottom left-hand quadrant where all those negative thoughts live. Well, I had allowed myself to feel down for, it was probably... I probably started, it was only probably only two days. Yeah, because Monday, I was like not feeling down on myself. It's one day. It was Tuesday started to feel a little heavier. And by Wednesday, I was like kind of like in getting very stressed. And by the end of the day, Thursday, I was like, you know what? You've allowed yourself to feel down about this. It's causing your mind to like live in that left quadrant and all those negative thoughts. You're literally starting to believe the negative thoughts that you're thinking about yourself and you're, you're taking steps backwards. It's like a regression, you know? And I, I was just like, no, enough. I literally said to myself, Christina, enough, stop it. And when I get to that point, which that getting to that point used to take me much longer when I would get into these downward spirals. So the fact that it's two days and let's be honest, I was sick on top of it. So that's going to contribute to just kind of feeling down on yourself. But for me to only be there for two days and get to the perspective that I got myself to by Thursday night, I was just really proud of myself. What I really reflected on when I was able to change my perspective and get out of that bottom left-hand quadrant with all those negative thoughts, I moved myself up to the behaviors I needed to engage in to get me closer to those things that I value. And I just changed, actively changed my perspective. And I was like, okay, what is, I sat there and I thought, what is the good in this? Because I say it all the time, I'm constantly preaching it, there's always good in in everything it doesn't matter how shitty the situation is whatever it is you can find good in it and that was what I did and what I found to be the most incredible thing that came out of me having COVID and basically being away from my businesses for two weeks is that it allowed Nakaya to grow because had I been at that school 
Nakaya is teaching in that classroom, of course I'm going to step in and problem solve other things that are going on because I'm there and I'm like, well, let me help you out with this. And I'm really big on a team approach. I'm not going to just, if I'm there present and able to help, I'm going to help. I always say I am somebody that will do every single job in my businesses. I don't, I'm not above anything. And so had I been there, I would have been helping out with problem solving. And yes, of course, she would have still learned because I make all these things learning opportunities and ask questions and guide them to see things. But that's still me providing a lot of guidance and support. Whereas in this situation, she knew I wasn't feeling well. So she was trying not to contact me a ton. And I would kept kind of checking in because I'm over here feeling guilty. I would probably annoy the shit out of her, to be completely honest, with how much I was checking in. I know you're listening to this. It's not from a micromanaged place with me. It was that I was allowing my guilt to take over. Nakaya had no choice but to figure the shit out. And I did what I could in helping her from home, but it was, you know, she was able to be in it, have to stay calm because she had to problem solve. And then she had to go into a classroom and teach kids. And that's not the kid's problem that you're stressed out and overwhelmed. So you got to check that shit at the door and go put your smile on your face. And that's exactly the type of teacher and she's also a registered behavior technician in both those hats she wears she does check it at the door and she always brings her best to those kids and it's something that I so deeply respect about her is the level that she cares about the kids that we work with and the people that she works with it's really such a beautiful thing So she had to problem solve through all these problems and then check her problems at the door, go into the classroom and teach. And you want to know what? That's what she did. She showed up every single day and she gave her best. On Thursday night, I ended up talking with Nakaya. I said to her, I pointed this perspective out to her. I said, Nakaya, had I been there, you wouldn't have grown on the level that you grew this week. And I really hope that you stop and take a moment and really be an observer of your own behaviors and what you achieve this week. Because that is when true growth is going to happen. You cannot just pass those situations by and just look at them as stress, stress, stress. Oh my God, why is this happening to me? I'm overwhelmed. That is not going to bring you growth. What brings growth is being able to stop in the moment and change your thinking, change your perspective on what is the good in this situation. I ended up sending Nakaya there. I'm sure many of you listening, because I know a lot of people know about Jocko and he has this video and it's this whole little, uh, sure, it's two minute little speech he does on Good is really, it's, it's on, well, good. I'm glad it happened. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes so you can reference it. It's pretty intense. He's, it's military, very military-esque. Why not be intense? I'm an intense person. I think being intense is a great thing because you know what? It drives you it to a place that people can't touch. But he really stresses the importance of It just being good that the problem happened because then you're going to learn and you're going to grow. 
again, you have to be willing to find the good in it. I want to share one other perspective around this whole mindset thing because it's something that I'm really passionate about. If we aren't able to adapt and change our mindsets, we're going to always end up in a bad place mentally because problems are going to be never ending. And I personally have gotten myself to a place where, and maybe this (laughs) is sick that my mind goes like this, but it helps me in just accepting challenges. I welcome them and now I'm like, okay, cool. You want to challenge me? This is going to help me grow. And I get to that mentality oftentimes very quickly. And to just bring it back to Nakaya one more time, she recently said to me that she strives to remain as calm as I am in a stressful situation. And I laughed when I got that text from her because I'm like, oh, Nakaya, It took me a lot of work to get here. So I know you can get there too, but don't think that this was something that came easy. And I really want to stress that in this episode that it isn't easy to get there and it takes a lot of commitment and discipline, but anybody can do it. If I can find the silver lining in the insane shit that I have been through in my life, then I know that you can too. There's always a silver lining. But the other perspective that I wanted to share, just in case the good video is a little bit too intense for you, and I will share a reel on my Instagram page. But it's from Mel Robbins. Everybody knows I absolutely love her, and she's such an inspiration to me. But she says how when things are going bad, and you are a person that is committed and disciplined and putting the work in and grinding each day to get yourself to those goals and dreams that you aspire to get to, then you're going to get there. And you have to look at these situations that are kind of throw a wrench in it as, you know what, it's, it's just a challenge and you can get past it and you're going to find growth in getting past that. It's going to build that momentum to keep you going, to keep persevering and pushing forward. You know, it is very similar to the Jocko sense of things just being good, but it's just a little softer way of of presenting it. So I will definitely share that reel on my Instagram as another perspective as well. I want to pivot and talk about something called radical candor, and there's a whole framework to it. So I recently discovered the idea of radical candor when I was at that conference, that Papa conference a couple weeks ago. And I was sharing, we we have within my companies a very tight feedback loop where people are self-monitoring their own behavior. They're reporting out to a coach on it. The coach provides them feedback. They provide their coach feedback on the coach's coaching and support that they're providing. And it's just this, it's, this is happening every single week. We have an employee satisfaction survey. But anyway, I was talking about it and saying like, you know, it's so important to have that feedback loop, especially 
I mean, really, in any field it is. I just always go back to we work with a vulnerable population. It's just really important that we're all constantly growing and learning so that we can bring our best to our clients and the clients have great outcomes from that. So I was talking to a colleague about this and he said to me, you know, have you ever heard of radical candor? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, it's this framework where it's about being direct with somebody. Like you can just cut to the chase and give that direct feedback that even if it's corrective and may sting a little bit, you can do that because you are always compassionately caring for them. And you've, in our field, we call it like we've now established ourselves as a reinforcer. We're this positive light in that person's life. So we can, so the idea of radical candor is that you can then just be direct with people because you've got those great relationships built. And that is something that you know, I struggled with that radical candor. I I've, I feel like I've always had a pretty strong sense of it, but I would always get nervous around having to have uncomfortable talks, tough talks. You know, am I going to make them mad? Are they going to quit? And you know what? That has all happened before. <laughs> but I also was a shitty leader. So, you know, where I'm at today That doesn't happen anymore. This idea of radical candor is that you have a good balance between challenging somebody directly, but having a compassionate, caring way about other things and that you are presenting yourself as this positive person. I know that my team struggles with that because they're all great people and they don't want to hurt other people's feelings. They don't want to, they don't want to face the uncomfortable feeling of having to have a tough talk. It's not fun. It's a, and that's one thing. Although I feel like very much at ease having them now, it doesn't mean I enjoy them. Nobody enjoys having to do that, but they are a part of life and everybody needs radical candor in their life at some point or another and not just like at one phase of your life like we need radical candor on an ongoing daily basis really it's about being real with people and being direct and not feeling like you have to tiptoe around because most of the time when you do that the other person isn't really understanding what you're what what's your point that you're trying to get across and then they could perceive it as one way you're hoping they're perceiving it about the way you want them to, and it turns into a freaking disaster. So radical candor is the way to go. The radical candor framework is you basically um, envision a quadrant, a vertical line going down, horizontal line going across, and there's these four quadrants that make up the idea of whether it's challenging directly, caring personally, or this idea of radical candor, basically. So in the bottom right-hand corner is obnoxious aggression. In the bottom left-hand corner, it's manipulative insincerity. And then in the top left-hand corner, it's ruinous empathy. And in the right-hand corner, it's radical candor. And basically what that is, is the perfect blend of 
care personally challenge directly. And that is like this compassionate way, like showing compassion and vulnerability to somebody, but then being able to just challenge them directly, call them out on something, ask them questions around it. It's the biggest thing here is It's not about the way that Kim Scott is. Kim Scott is who founded this framework and there is a phenomenal masterclass on it if you really want to dive in and learn more about this. But what she basically says is the reason it's called radical candor is it's a back and forth conversation. It's not you going at somebody and being a direct asshole that's that obnoxious aggression side. If you're just talking at someone and telling them the things they didn't do right or what they're doing wrong and you're yelling at them or just having this attitude, well, you're in that obnoxious aggression quadrant. And if you are being too empathetic, which is a, that, that is, and my whole team identified it, they mostly all said that they're in that ruinous empathy quadrant most of the time but what I love most about my team is I have no doubt after we finish this whole series of trainings on radical candor that they will all fall in that radical candor quadrant and it's going to elevate them as leaders and in their personal life on a level that they don't even realize so I really look forward to diving more into all of that. But what I want to talk about is myself and how I got to a place of radical candor. I used to be an aggressive person. I had so much anger and resentment within me from my past experiences, and it was literally eating me alive. I mean, I I really was. I I would do things vindictively, not... I, I, I've said this in a past episode, but it was always of a place of hurt or overwhelm. It's I'm not a mean person. I'm really not. And that would lead me to feeling massive amounts of guilt because I acted like a total asshole or I lashed out because I was angry, whatever it was. But I'm not going to beat myself up that I was once like that. Those experiences have helped shaped me into the person that I am today. And that brings it back to that whole good. I'm glad that I was once like that because I wouldn't be able to offer the perspectives that I have today. And I wouldn't have the ability to be able to see the light the way that I can see it today. The way that I can find the light in the darkest of situations, I would never have that if I didn't have all these experiences that did cause me at one point in life to be a very angry, resentful person. I will say, though, it's not that I just overnight was like, okay, well, I'm just going to learn to you know, let go of this anger and resentment. I knew I need to stop living in that bottom right-hand quadrant, which is the obnoxiously aggressive in how I was interacting with people. But you can't just do that overnight. I couldn't just wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to be radically candor. Radical candor doesn't just happen like that. You have to do the work to get yourself to a place to have that even balance. And, you know, I had touched on this with my coach, Polly, and he brought up a really good point 
this is like away from the personal side of things, but you can't just create a radical candor culture. You can't just cultivate that by just saying, okay, let's watch this and we're all going to start doing it. You have to have systems in place, which we do when I come back to that constant feedback loop. You have to set the environment up so that you can cultivate radical candor. And by setting the environment up, you have to have systems. So anyway, that's me getting off on a side note there. Sorry about that. But to bring it back around to that personal piece that I really needed to dig deep and figure out this shit that I was carrying with me that was literally weighing me down and making me that angry, resentful person. And what I'm going to say is those other two quadrants, yes, the obnoxious aggression, that's the one I felt like I fell in most But the manipulative insincerity and the ruinous empathy, those all can stem from trauma too. And that's what I think is the really important piece to understand here, that it's really hard to just say, well, I'm just going to start being this way. No, you have to do the work so that you can consistently commit to engaging in the behaviors that are going to allow you to respond to people in that way. And the only way that you can do that and start engaging in those behaviors is if you're willing to do it and willing to see yourself for who you are, get real honest with yourself and be committed to doing that work because it's it's hard. It's really hard. It's not easy. And I, I really think that it's not talked about enough how hard it is to do the work and how dark of a place you can go to in the process of doing the work. You have to be willing to not be afraid to go there. Stop pushing what you know you need to face to the side because you're never going to be able to grow and get to this idea of good and being able to see the light in everything if you don't do the work. Well, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I really, I always say this after recording an episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was such a great topic. I could do like five more episodes on it. And I feel like I've so far felt like that every single topic I'm covering. I really, really hope that you guys are enjoying the topics that I'm choosing to cover and that they're kind of tying into each other. And it's just overall helping you set some goals and make some growth. What I would love for everybody to focus on this week, if you're ready to, if you want to keep focusing on confidence, or even if you're just focusing on facing fears, whatever it is, I hope that everybody's focusing on something. But if you do want something new to dive into, really be in tuned to your stress levels throughout the week the problems that occur because they're always going to occur. I'm sure you're going to probably encounter five problems this week. Like, let's be real between if you are working or if you're a stay at home mom, whatever, because being a stay at home mom, let's be honest, there's probably more problems than we're all dealing with at work, but be an observer of your environment, be an observer of your own behaviors and really try and pinpoint the good in the situation. What did you learn from that stressful moment? What did you learn from that mistake that you made? 
and let me know, guys. Write in. Share how this resonated with you. And please, please share your progress that you're making around all of these different topics. Thank you again for listening in, guys. And always remember, you must know yourself to grow yourself.